The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brent McKay. The Chiefs and the Brumby standalone in Super Rugby Pacific and the Six Nations clean sweep looks islands to lose. Your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Loved our chat with Fijian Drua CEO Mark Evans last week and so timely with the Drua recording their first ever Super Rugby win on home soil over the Crusaders uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, and just as we suspected, it's already a season highlight. It was so good to see such great scenes, such great atmosphere in, in Low Talker. And I've got no doubt it'll be the same uh, when their next home game comes back in a few weeks' time. Joining me this and every week, the man who has again managed to get a trip approved by the podcast travel budget overlords, the fast-talking Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How's it? Yeah, what what amazing timing. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, the drew the occasion, the setting, the the scale of the achievement, um, the joy. Could yeah. we say that word? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Uh, I admit, I cried at the end because it was so powerful to see the whole stands rocking and heaving. Yeah. yeah, and I think like the communal joy just overtook it and it, it also it was a little bit unbelievable like yeah it, it, oh, we, oh, it was how many how many times have we seen the crusaders get to a point where they can kick to the corner with two minutes to go and win a game they probably should have lost and they mm. didn't they like they did kick to the corner and they did regain the lead but they didn't win you know they yes. the, the drew turned it around on them they crusaded the crusaders and that was just so good to see mark actually sent me a message um, over the weekend as well and said that the official crowd figure there in La Toca um, was just over 9,000, he said, but they're quite sure there was more in it than that. And, in fact, they also think it can hold safely somewhere up to 12 or so, but it looked pretty packed. So it was just so good to see. Yeah, one of the wonderful things about this pod is that we have these friends of the pod. They, they join our mythical rugby team. Um, and also we stay in touch with them and yeah. it's great. It's great chat. So I just thought I'd throw in a few. Um, so we call our team, the Boars, the raw Boars. Okay. Uh, and I just throw, I, I just want to do some alumni news. So, uh, to bring it up to speed, Franz Malherba got married. Yep. Uh, he honeymooned in a Jeep, uh, amongst Buffalo. Uh, he was holding his, <laughs> he was holding his bride in a very long and legal mind. Um, also James Slipper walked, uh, with his dog in a river. Um, that was amazing. Harry Wilson tackled 18 forcemen and crashed over for an early score. And he's in line, the rumors say, there's a scoop here, it's exclusive, for a pants commercial. Um, <laughs> not confirmed, you know, roar style. Yeah. And then Matt Tuamua has joined the Dyna Boars, I see. So he's the only double boar of the oh, team. Very good. Well, on Matt Tuamua... Scored his first try for the Dinobores against the Kintetsu Liners, and the first man to congratulate him for scoring his first try in Japan was Michael Checker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Michael Checker took a taxi awkwardly. And, uh, no, no. Uh, another another piece of news: Jonathan Kaplan has decided to speed up MLR refing by saying that card reports are now due forty five seconds after the final whistle. Um, Oh, another wow. thing is, yes, well, Jeff, full time. That's it. Now I've got to run into the paperwork. 
it's like an audio <laughs> it's an audio note uh our, wow. our colleague jeff parks has has told me exclusively a scoop that Another he's exclusive. gonna do a rugby musical he's he's actually <laughs> composing a rugby musical uh finally michael atkinson who somehow c continues to keep uh, his starting jersey somehow. has been has been tackling issues that's all not people just issues right that's the board the roar bore news report we'll have a few of these over the season holy moly two exclusives in four minutes 20. <laughs> i mean not many outlets can do that i know not many outlets can do that. Well, mate, on to this week's guest, um, and he's been front and centre in one of the aforementioned unbeaten teams start to the Super Rugby Pacific season, and his own form has been impressive enough to already earn the Rugby World Cup bolter tag. The Raw Rugby Podcast. This week, I learned that the pod has another Canberra studio, and from there, it's a very warm welcome onto the Raw Rugby Podcast. The ACT Brumby scrum half without the bandy legs and the filthy moustache is getting ready to earn his 50th cap this weekend against Moana Pacifica. Ryan Lonigan, welcome, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you guys going? Yeah, Ryan. very well. Very well. Mate, you've played alongside brother Lockie for a few years now. He's managed to beat you to a Wallabies cap. So I guess what I'm starting with is... Are you still the favourite son? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the middle, the middle son. The, the smart middle one. son is always the smart one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he, uh, I'm pretty gallant about that. Him beating me into the wall of his cap. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I'd like to think that I'm still the favourite. <laughs> all, all. We'll favorite. have to ask mum. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll get her yeah. later in the year. We'll, we'll put that question yeah. right on to her. <laughs> Mate, we start out in the same uh, the same spot every week, the same question every week. What stood out for you um, on a really interesting round of Super Rugby on the weekend? Uh, I think it was probably the amount of footy we played and how much um, fatigue came into the game. Yeah. That was probably the thing for me. Um, and how it was sort of two halves of footy, you know, like we were pretty good there in the first half and then, Second half, James, they kind of came on and really they got some quick ball and some front football and um, sort of changed their game and they sort of played how they wanted to uh, for the majority of that second half. Yeah. What's that for you, Harry? It was a, it was a crazy weekend. Ah, yeah, so many things. I mean, uh, the Drew, of course, stick out uh, for their achievement. Yeah. But I, I think also um, – Watching the the Kiwis, uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek against Jordy Barrett was kind of a interesting battle at twelve. Um, mm. Not really sure if when you look at Jonathan Dante up in for the French, and you look at uh, Damien Delende, you look at some other player, Robbie Henshaw. I'm not sure if Jordy Barrett's really the classic twelve. So I kind of thought Roger had the better of him with his feet, mm. but then again, Jordy's such a crucial player with the with the you know from the tee. So I don't know. I mean, also thought that it was interesting to see with Artie out that a guy Peter Lakai was in um, and looked the business. Looked like a uh, clone. Unbelievable. <laughs> Didn't so he? yeah, I just took a took a hard look at that that Blues Hurricanes match, yeah. and I, I thought it was quite juicy. I I had to go to the uh, the Western Force <laughs> Moana Pacifica game. There, it's eighteen all. We're heading for Golden Point. Moana Pacifica's goal line dropout was horrendous. It was charged down. The deflection off Tim Anstey's hand was then knocked on in front of the posts. The force down to 13, so then packed a scrum with a winger and a centre on the flanks, 
win a scrum penalty, win the game. I, I, mean, took, that very, that? I took that very personally. <laughs> that's, what happens, <laughs> that's what happens when Bax joined the scrum, mate. <laughs> oh, no. It makes all the difference, Lonners, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, was, that, that hurt. That hurt me because I was on tipping panel. That was my anomaly, and that I was, was going to catch one. up. And I was like, Moana, you're trying to get yeah. this game. Yeah. Come on. It's a really interesting point, Ryan, you make about the um, the time in play and, and all that because all of a sudden I noticed I was full-time. I was on the field just after 20 past nine looking for, for guys to talk to on radio, and we handed back to our studio at 9.35. So that's two hours after kickoff. And we're done. Mm. We've done our post-match and all that sort of stuff. So that's like games are lasting. I wrote, I wrote this on um, for, in the column for today on Tuesday as well. And yeah, games are like 10, 15 minutes shorter in overall time last year, which is where that fatigue is coming in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But it definitely felt uh, sort of long out there, you know, just long yeah. passages of play and it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, what's what's been clicking so well for you guys over these first three rounds? Um, I don't really think we've put in an eighty-minute performance yet. Yeah, um, I think we're we're actually pretty disappointed with how we finished the game on the weekend. Well, not so much finished, but the second half. Um, but I think just our connection, you know, it's been been pretty good. We believe um, a lot uh, within the group, and I think the group's been together for quite a while now. So. We sort of all know how we play and um, the style that we want to play and how to sort of close out games like that. So I think that's what's been getting us through at the moment. Um, I think we're still looking to, like I said, put an 80-minute performance out there. Is that one of the most pleasing parts, the fact that you have won three from three, but there's been something that you haven't been happy about each week? Um, yeah, and, and, and certainly Laurie, Laurie Fisher outlined that to me post-match, but I know you guys are saying much of the same thing. Yeah, I think it's definitely a positive, you know, like three wins, you'd take that. Um, but then you, you don't want to fall in love with yourselves because no one really remembers the start of the season, do they? So <laughs> we've, we've got to try to get better every week and I think there's, um, you know, plenty of examples where we can get better. Is Laurie, is Laurie a scary guy? I mean, I just feel like you guys you guys really play hard in a way that I've never seen. Now, you guys are just chasing back. Is he scary to come back to at the end of the match? He is a little bit. Sometimes I'll miss a tackle and I'll think at that point, like, oh, no, Lord's, Lord's going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's a great man, though. He's one of the best coaches, or the best coach I've ever had in my life. Um, I'll tell everyone that. Uh, it's, it's, I appreciate him a lot. Yeah. yeah. It seems so hard to do to finish a line break against you guys. I mean, I'm looking at these some of these breaks uh, uh, in the previous week, especially, and it just seemed like that's it. And then, no, someone would track back. Uh, it looks like no one is, is on the ground for very long. I mean, is that just something it's, that's a culture or? It's because they're all scared of the defense coach, mate, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get roasted, my lord. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, what I was saying before with our connection and how long we've been together as a group. Um, you know, like we're just working for each other. I think, um, I can't I can't really tell you what it is. You know, we all want to, we all want to win and um, working hard goes a long way to winning, so. I think our effort has been really good for the, the three games. You know, it's more just our execution and being able to maintain it for 80 minutes that's been the problem. I don't think effort's ever really been a problem yeah. so far this year. The, the fact that you've been able to tweak your combinations, mate, so you and Jack Debrasini, who seems to have slotted in like he's been there for five years, you guys start yeah. the first two games 
Whitey and Noah coming off the bench. They started this week. Um, you know, Jack, stood, Jack stood on the sideline ready to go on for 15 minutes and didn't get on, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> but, but the game plan didn't really change. There's certainly been noticeable changes in tempo when the when the replacements have come on. But you've you've all been able to play the same way. That's that's a huge advantage that you've got. Yeah, I think yeah we're pretty um, privileged with the um, sort of combinations we've got at the moment. Uh, really liking how it's working, the dynamic, you know, with Jack and I starting the first two there. And, um, yeah, I was super happy with um, being able to, like, spend some time out there in the middle with him. You know, he's a great yeah. 10 and um, so calm. And, yeah, I really enjoyed that time. And then, obviously, on the weekend, getting a link up with Nara again. And, unfortunately, Jack didn't get on. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just the way it is. He's happy for the result for the team and just shows the kind of man he is. How did you guys review his uh, performance on the sideline in getting ready to play and not actually being able to get on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good warm-ups, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, Noss was talking to him before and, um, you know, asked him sort of what happened. But he said there was a – I think Ollie got injured and then um, there was a substitution that wasn't really planned. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think that sort of halted progress from him coming on. But yeah, no, he's a great man and he's not there for himself, he's there for the team. So, the yeah, poor bloke, Harry, the poor watch. I was, I was five meters away from all this and I was watching him. And he, he got up and sat down twice. <laughs> 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 oh, poor bloke. Poor so, bloke. Ryan, uh, this is a two part question. Um, you know, Nate, I mean, uh, Tate and Nick and uh, and Jake, Jake. Tate and Nick are all one-syllable uh, names, and yours is two, Ryan. So do you think mm. that's a problem in your Wallaby selection, or do you think it's okay to be Ryan? That might be it. That might be the thing. But my serious oh my question... Yeah, it just, just goes right. But uh, no, yeah, my, yeah. my serious question is, they, they all seem to be very different to me, and the selection of them actually changes the game plan you know, you got one who's excellent box kicker, kind of all-round cannon kicker. You got more of a whip pass, and then you got sort of a sniper guy. Where do you fit in on those types of nines, uh, and where and where are you going with your your play at nine? Uh, I think I'm probably more of a traditional um, sort of nine. With uh, I like to say sort of like good basic skills, you know, of uh, pass and kick, and then just game understanding. Um, not so much a sort of a sniping nine. I like to bring that in every now and then, but I, I don't think it's sort of the um, main sort of part of my game. Um, but yeah, I just like to sort of be a facilitator. You know, I, we've got great backs outside, so I like sort of just um, getting them the ball in space when they need it, and and then just support off the back of that. Uh, I try not to sort of take the ball off them too many times, and then I just try to get us playing in the right parts of the field. Uh, yeah, and I do agree. Like all the three nines that you listed there are all completely different. And, um, you know, they're all unbelievable players. And I think it's pretty cool to see, you know, like there's just three yeah. totally different yeah. players and they're all sort of fighting for the same position. So, yeah, that's no, cool. How's the um, the return of Stephen Larkin from, from Munster, mate, as a, as a coach? You would have been – would you have been on your first training contract when he – Wrapped up last yep. time, would that be right? Yeah, right. Up. Yeah, so, so I did one year. One year on the Bernie for my for my first year. He gave me my debut over in Hamilton. Um, yeah, since he's been back, I can't really remember when he was here um, when I first started, to be honest, because it's all just a bit of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since he's been back, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It's a little bit different to what Dan 
um, sort of brought for the last couple of years. And um, yeah, look, I, I'm really happy with how we started uh, the year. You know, it's a little bit different, probably more just game day, like around yeah. our um, sort of like the lead in, the messaging and the um, sort of like the mentality around game day. I'd probably say it like that. Um, but it, I think the overall structure and the scheduling has been uh, pretty similar. Yeah. So I think it's been a good little change, you know. He hasn't come in and just completely wiped everything and mm. started from scratch. Uh, so yeah, it's good. He he said himself that he there was no point in coming in to change what had clearly been a successful program. But he's he has made a few little tweaks around around the edges. Like you guys are playing off ten more now. You look like you are trying to play play with more width when you've got blokes like Corey Tool on the on the outside edge. That makes perfect sense. So how easy, I suppose, was it? for him to say, let's just try this and let's, you know, how easy has it been for him to make those tweaks? Yeah, I think it has been pretty easy because we've got our not, we've got our um, sort of game plan and our structure pretty well set for the last couple yeah. of years. So you come in and you know what you're working with and then you can sort of make changes based on that. Uh, I think Saibi, you've got, got to give credit to Saibi, uh, the yeah. attack coach, because um, he's the one sort of... Um, designing all the plays and the the attacking structure and stuff, obviously through Bernie, but um, Saibi does play a huge role in our attacking yeah. shape. And I think he's just improving and improving every year. So, um, yeah, full credit to him. You, you talked about, um, you know, not being completely happy with the first first three games. What are you looking to, to improve this week for Moana Pacifica? I think we've got to go out there and show intent from the start. You know, they're obviously a team that can hurt you. Um, they're big, big bodies, and I think if we let them in to the fight, then we'll be in for a long day. So we've got to show up with the mentality of, um, you know, fronting up at the start and, and then just playing the whole 80, I think. we just got to put in a whole performance, stay in the moment when, um, when the passages get long and fatigue comes in, um, and then we should be able to get points off the back of that, I reckon. Yeah. Was it my imagination, or would, did you finish the game as captain uh, this weekend? True story. Yeah, I did. Yeah, when Whitey came off, uh, did, I went to captain. Yeah. Did you overlap? Was was Slipper still on when you were captain? Uh, I think he might have been for a little bit. Yeah, maybe you, maybe you just maybe a couple of minutes. Yeah, you just captained yeah. the Wallaby captain. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> come on. There you go. So I'm sure that doesn't bother him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the police socks up. Yeah. But how how is that? I mean, I know you were captain in um, in age group uh, for for junior wallabies. Like, what? How was that actually to to be the captain in, in a very tough match? Yeah, it's not too bad. I think um, uh, I've sort of always done a little bit of a leadership role in the teams that I played in growing up. So um, I just sort of do my normal thing to be honest as a halfback you're kind of always there talking to the ref anyway and now he just has to respond to me <laughs> so <laughs> i like to think i don't annoy him too much but um yeah we have to ask him about that but yeah no i just kind of do my, my standard thing to be honest I, I don't really try change or um or change who i am or anything so i think i just sort of naturally got a little bit of a, a knack for doing it <laughs> And has Whitey, has, Whitey, has Whitey taught you how to fall down and look like you're assassinated? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no comment. He'll get up here. Rugby.
on the Raw. Ryan, we've, we've talked about the law of variations a little bit and you've, you've certainly mentioned fatigue several times. Has that been the big change you've noticed on the, on the field this year? Has that been the biggest change of everything that has come in? Um, geez, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think it's yeah probably a result of it. Um, it hasn't been overly dewy yet, as you probably uh, saw down there on the field. Like I think yeah. when it gets dewy, there's obviously a bit more drop ball, and the game sort of slows down a little bit. I think with the early starts and a couple afternoon games, there's a bit more ball in play because the um, you're sort of allowed to be able to throw the ball around a little bit more because it's. When it gets dewy there at Geo Stadium, you're pretty much better off playing in the rain because it's yeah the true. ball's drenched anyway. So I think that might have something to do with it. But I have enjoyed the rule changes um, just around sort of trying to speed it up, around the box mm. kicks and the lineouts and stuff. Scrums, you know, it's um, yeah, it's been good. I, I, I think it probably is a effect of the rules, the fatigue coming into mm. the game, which is good again because it opens up some more um, attacking opportunities, yeah. I reckon. Andrew Kellaway a couple of weeks ago talked about um, – you know, what we're asking now is guys that have built up routines over, you know, five, eight, ten years around packing scrums. We're now asking them to just speed that up, which sounds easy, but it's but it's there's actually a fair bit involved in that. How much work has have you guys done over the off season to try and speed up that that packing packing routine and, and the setting setting your lineouts quicker? Because obviously you're you're there front and center in all that as well. Yeah, all the scrums, I've honestly got no idea. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> just, just feed I just, when you tell it to. Feed the ball. Yeah. just feed the ball. Um, but the line-outs, we've had a little bit of a focus on just trying to get there set early and just get the yeah. ball in and play. We've kind of simplified our starters a little bit um, from line-out attack just so that we're not um, sort of changing them a whole lot week to week. So we sort of don't have to spend as much time on them and um, anyone, everyone kind of knows what they're doing. Um but, yeah, that's about it. I, I don't know too much about the scrums. I know the goal kicking, um, the penalties, 60 seconds, and mm-hmm. they're sort of just enforcing that a little bit. Um, you know, that can sort of rush you a little bit. It's more just the time the tea gets to – the tea takes to come out. Yeah. And then by the time you have a drink or whatever and set the ball up on the tea, like you've sort of used 30 seconds, you know. And um, I think previously you think, oh, I've got 60 seconds from when I'm sort of back looking at the ball. But uh, – when they start the clock, as soon as they blow the whistle, it actually goes pretty quick. So yeah, um, yeah, it is. It was especially in the trial games when we we trialed a sixty second conversion time, and it's actually been pushed back to ninety. Yeah. Um, but even that, you know, like if you score score a try after a long passage of play, and then you have a drink and you're sort of chilling out a little bit, the ninety seconds goes pretty quick. And when yeah. you're in your your run up and the ref telling you you got ten seconds, it's you sort of start thinking about the time instead of your kick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think it's all good for the game, you know, so. Uh, so you Yeah, it's not too bad. You, so you'd have your routine for for a kick. Yeah. How, how, how long was your routine typically and have you had to shorten that now? Yeah, so I did a little bit of that in the preseason. I timed it um, and I think from putting the ball on the tee to kicking it, it was sort of only like 25 seconds. So yeah. it's more what I talked about, like getting the tea out there and that kind of yeah. thing. But I um, I had a way of shortening it if I knew I was short on time because I usually um, sort of look at the, the crossbar for two breaths, top right for two breaths, and then I, I walk in so I can just sort of shorten it to uh, yeah, one right. breath. if I. That's what I usually do. So, yeah, it's not, <laughs> one, not too one much just, to change. 
one Mississippi, Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you are you uh, are you point? Are you actually trying to kick at a certain point on the ball, like uh, like in the globe? You know, like kick Australia, <laughs> or are you? <laughs> is is that part of your routine? No, not really. I um, I don't, it probably should be, but I think I've just been kicking for so long that I I know where I'm hitting it and when it feels good. Um, yeah. So I. Like, I'm obviously looking at the ball when I'm coming in, but I don't have a conscious effort of, like, this is the exact spot I've got to hit. I just sort of – you know what it feels like when you hit it right, and then you just try to replicate that. Mm. We've, we've, gone, we've gone down a, a ball wormhole here, so I've, I've got to ask this question, mate, and I know, um, I know Ryan Murphy, your media manager, will hate me for asking this. <laughs> Tell me about the difference – when you guys were playing, it's everyone's playing with a Gilbert this year. But tell me about the difference with the Adidas ball a couple of years ago in Trans Tasman. Yeah, I, I love those. I reckon they're so much better, um, except in the wind because they're a little yeah. bit lighter. Uh, so I think they get blown around a little bit more. But I think just their grip is a whole lot better. Uh, yeah. I don't think they get as slippery when they get wet. Um, yeah, I'm a massive guy for like game balls, you know, like training with game balls and stuff. Yeah. Like the forwards don't really care. The hookers care a little bit because they got to throw yeah. it. But, you know, you get the captain's run and you've got a brand new game ball and it's super pointy, sort of like almost squarish because it hasn't been kicked in or passed um, and you've been training with a balloon all week. So it's, <laughs> it's, it drives me mad. Yeah. <laughs> but because uh, it, it is different, you know, like yeah. you're kicking it all the time and passing it all the time. Uh, it really does make a difference. So, yeah, I sort of um, – I actually did an assignment when I was at school to try to come up with a ball that never gets slippery no matter what because, <laughs> because I have to touch the ball so much. Yeah. And it gets so sweaty. And when it's not raining, every spectator is like, well, how are they dropping the ball so much? Because they think the ball's dry and they don't realise that everyone's, you know, sweating buckets or if it's real dewy or something, the ball's actually – Super hard to handle, mm. so yeah. I, I did a time and I, I don't know how it went. What was the solution? Sandpaper, that's I tried some like rubber spray, um, okay. It didn't, it didn't really work. I didn't yeah. put a whole lot of effort into it. I think I passed it though, so I can't help but notice that we're not using Gilbert Lonigan balls, so it obviously hasn't flown yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's on its way. I'll have to put a bit of money into it. We will. We'll have, we'll have to work on that. What about the um, what about taking advantage of fatigue? What sort of focus are you guys putting into finishing those last stages of games when, when the fatigue thing really is a factor there? Yeah, I think like that's the difference between the good teams and the teams that sort of fall behind. You know, everyone can show up for the first 10 minutes, but at the back end of halves, we've seen traditionally like the Kiwi team scoring heaps of points at the back end of halves. Um, like that can be the difference, you know. So um, I'm not sure if it's just overall like team fitness or if it's if it's just like how connected you are as a group and you're understanding that they're the important times to win when you're under fatigue. So look, it's definitely a work on for us. Um, yeah, I think if you can execute at those times when – Obviously, the, you you will be fatigued and attack, but the defence will be equally as uh, fatigued. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a great opportunity for us to to work on and build, it. and then just recognising those moments in the game. I reckon. Yeah, and it's going to come into play this weekend with uh, Moana Pacifica. Some big bodies on on their side. They're in 
they're they're already in Canberra. They're going to be in Canberra all week, so that's going to make yeah, interesting as well. How important is it going to be for you guys to go four from four ahead of what is actually a pretty busy month? You've got the Crusaders, Waratahs, Reds, Drua, Hurricanes, the five games that mm. follow this. So you'd be four from four going into that. You'd be you'd be pretty pleased. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you told us we we're going to be three from three at the start of the year, we would have been pretty pleased as well. So. We just try to keep um, keep chipping away and getting better every week, and um, yeah, try to go four from four. Just make winning the habit. So um, yeah, you know, like we've got to show up this weekend. They're a good team, and uh, we know we've got to show up because we didn't last year and they hurt mm. us. So uh, yeah, we'll be looking to go out there and put a good performance out. They're one of the teams that you know you're going to get bashed. Like you, you know, it's going to be a physical yeah. game. So is there a, is there a tweak to the preparation this week? No, I don't think so. I think you just know that it's going to come. You know, it's kind of like bursting the drawer. Um, if you just stick at it and um, try shift the ball a little bit, get them moving, I think it's going to be pretty hot this weekend, even at 7 mm-hmm. o'clock. So um, that might work in our hands. Um, but, yeah, you know, you just got to keep going. Like I said before, just to, be able to work into the fatigue. Just stand behind Darcy Swain. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who'll be fatigued? Who'll be the one out the back? Yeah. <laughs> he'll be uh, he'll, I wonder if he'll be if he'll be leading the physicality stakes this week against the Moana boys. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be a good test. <laughs> we will indeed. This week as well, mate, um, your fiftieth Brumbies cap. What's what's that mean to a to a to a young kid who just dreamt of growing up one day and playing for the Brumbies? You're you know, you're you you're one of a few locals in the teams must must be extra special for you yeah it is special you know i haven't really thought about it a whole lot to be honest i um don't really count my games and murph sent me a message this morning saying it was going to be my 50th this weekend um he said so, it to me three yeah. minutes later but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it is special you know um to just play one game for the club it's unreal and i think sometimes we probably take it for granted you know just um sort of forget how special it really is and mm. um yeah you know i'm not really in it for the individual awards or sort of achievements but um yeah to reach 50 games will be super special if i, I get out there this weekend and you guys have got a pretty good record of um of, of milestone games yeah really i didn't okay. actually know that well that was an open-ended question for you mate i thought you would let's hope so did you play any other sports uh before rugby or during rugby during school um played oztag it was kind of like rugby played soccer before rugby didn't really like it um we did a little bit of motorbike racing (laughs) yeah maybe um Motorbike yeah, racing, mo- motorbike racing, yeah, a bit of water skiing and snow skiing. So, as in actual, as in actual track racing, or were we just talking about you and Lockie around the around the farm? No, we did a bit of track racing for a little bit when we we're probably yeah, nice. fourteen, maybe. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, I wasn't, I was sort of a mid packer. I wasn't that good, but uh, <laughs> Noss, was, Noss was pretty good. Yeah. We used to have a motorbike track at home, and um, yeah, of we used to tear around there all the time. So, um, yeah, it's good fun. And at some point, mum and dad said, no, rugby's going to be cheaper and probably not quite so bad injury-wise. Yeah. I think it was more like rugby kind of just took over, you know? Like yeah, it wasn't right. so yeah. much a decision. But um, obviously, once you sign the contract, you're not allowed to 
ride, but um, we'll ride <laughs> Not like even that. To think about motorbikes, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was more just the time thing, you know, like uh, the racing was on Sunday. So yeah. when you play on Saturday and, and you've got to drive to the race, it kind of just um, got a bit much at, yeah. at some point. So we just canned it and we weren't super sort of super fixated on it. It was more for just having a bit of fun. So yeah, we still stuff around a little bit at home just on the old crappy bikes, but yeah. <laughs> there's not much of a career being a mid packer, but I don't think. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> what, what about, uh, what about rugby world cup, mate? Is it, is it on the radar? Have you had conversations with, with, with Eddie Jones yet? Oh, I, I spoke to him a little bit at, um, where were we? I think it was Griffith in the trial game. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he was there watching. I just saw him after the game. Had a quick chat, um, but no, nah, like it's not really um, in my focus at the moment. Like I think it's more just I just got to play good footy. Um, as cliche as it is, but you no, know, um, you know, probably not a favourite for to be in one of the three nines. But if I if I just keep playing good footy, then I um, yeah, you know you never know. I might work my way in. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the focus at the moment. How much discussion has there been about his list, mate? And how many of you looked down at to see where you featured? Well, I actually haven't even looked at the list. I try to stay <laughs> off. Oh, that's that's honestly, I haven't. Yeah. Mum, mum was right into it, and I was like, don't even, don't even. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's mind games or anything. So I didn't really look at it. Um, I try to stay off the social yeah. side of it be, as much as I can. There'd be a, there'd be a few boys in your in your locker room that'd be disappointed they weren't in team A, wouldn't they? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't even know. Who <laughs> on, <so>. You're <laughs> playing a very good straight back, mate. Very good. But <laughs> well, you, I actually you, don't. I swear to God. <laughs> you, you obviously, um, you did a, did a little bit with, with Dave Rennie and, and he certainly spoke about you fairly often. Is there a, is there a little change in approach that you've, that you've picked up so far? No, not really. Um, I haven't really noticed a whole lot. Uh, I haven't really, there hasn't really been much going on. You know, mm. I, um, like we had the camp with Renz um, just before the change and um, I haven't really heard much since. So, uh, yeah, I can't really comment on um, what it's been like because I don't really know, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I guess I just, I just realized something. You guys are both in Canberra. Are you actually literally in the same room or like next no, door to each other? No, okay. no. Just checking. No, no. I, reckon, I reckon we might be on the opposite side of the lake, in fact. Ryan, you're up on the north side somewhere, aren't you? Oh, I can't. Oh, no, good. Oh, that means we're a couple of k's away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I did, I did actually have the thought, Harry, when we first started thinking about getting one of the Brumbies guys on. I did actually think about whether – Logistically, I probably should try and get the same place with them, but I wasn't 100 sure when we. I was waiting for the big plot reveal, like you guys are the same. (laughs) Here he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, not quite, not quite. Well, look, mate, it's um, it has been great to to chat with you. Thanks for um, for putting aside some time for us and giving us the um, the the open air and the bird song there in. In, in in sunny Canberra, it's been, yeah. Sorry about that. It's been good. No, it's been good. Well. It's been good. No, look, good. Good luck this weekend. Congrats on the fiftieth, mate. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on you now that you are officially a, a friend of the pod. Go well. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. The roar. Harry, fantastic to have uh, Ryan Lonigan on on the pod. Um, I ran into him post match Sunday night and said, "You're up for this, aren't you?" And he went, "Yeah, this would be cool." And it was every bit as good as I thought it would be. So 
good chat. You enjoyed that. Yeah, and I think as we we've spoken offline, I I see I see him as a test nine. I think as a yeah. as a guy who won't lose you the match in the early match. You see what happened to teams this weekend when they got behind quickly. It's just nightmarish yeah. uh, to try to come back. I think he's that kind of cool head. I know he's a I know like as a captain in in the age groups. I think that kind of yeah, pedi- Wallace, pedigree yeah. it remains. Yeah. That pedigree remains. Uh, I would also say this. The Brombies and the Chiefs, uh, the the teams on top of the pile, they just look like fundamentally sound yeah. rugby teams with all the LVs. The LVs do this; they speed up, speed up. In the end, you win matches by knowing how to defend, stay connected. Yeah. Uh, you you know what you're going to do, and you do it well. And you do your jobs well. I think I use I think I use the word or the description that Ryan strikes <laughs> me as a tournament nine. Like he's just he's getting yeah. sort of the perfect guy that can be there every week for six weeks and uh, look I'll be I'll be fascinated to see whether he's he's good enough I've got no doubt at all he's good enough. Um, so Speaking of the Brumbies, however, yeah. my yeah. good friend, I saw so I was trying to watch the Man of the Match awards and the captain speaking, <laughs> and suddenly I saw a guy standing with a microphone and a clipboard <laughs> and his shirt tucked in very neatly, yeah. all dark colors, and I go. That's Brett. What's he doing? What's he doing <laughs> yeah. on my screen? You were in shot the entire time. Yeah. Uh, sort of vibing, kind of high red, high whiz. Um, you were kind of just, you know, doing the Mac thing. And then, and then I saw it was Lord Laurie Fisher. And then I thought, I don't know if these guys are really just talking about, I mean, I don't know what you were talking about. It may not have been rugby. It was. definitely was. We were talking about all sorts of things. We talking about the speed of the breakdown. We were talking about how still how much work they've got to do, as as Ryan's just, just let us know about there. Um, yeah, good. it's always a good chat with Laurie post-match because he he just deals in the immediacy of it. Like he, and, he, and he said to me, you know, yeah, it was great, but ABCD, that's the things that they're, they're going to focus on this week. So, uh, yeah, always good to chat. And, yeah, I, I did... I, I could feel my phone going off as this was happening. And I went, oh, and I sort of glanced to my right and all of a sudden I could see cameras and lights. And normally in my previous life with the ABC, I had a pretty good idea where the Stan Sport guys are set up. But Saturday night, first time in a couple of months, and I just had no idea where they were. And there I was. On your strategic, strategic. I love (laughs) on your screen, on your screen. Uh, Super Rugby Pacific round four this weekend, mate. Um, Just the one game on Friday night: the Hurricanes and the Waratahs, and then we're into three on Saturday: uh, the Chiefs, Rebels, Blues, Crusaders. Is going to be an absolute beauty. That's a a replay of uh, last year's final, and then the Brumbies and Moana Pacifica in Canberra, as we've spoken about earlier. Then two games on Sunday, which is going to throw out the routines. The Highlanders and Force down in uh, Invercargill and the uh, Queensland Reds and the, the Fijian Drua. That's, can you believe it's the Reds' first game back in Brisbane? It's round four, and they're finally getting to play a game at home. That's crazy. You know, I've actually been uh, doing some research on Brad Thorne's uh, locker room, cloak room discussions, and, <laughs> and I, I actually have some good audio of him speaking to his teams, and I have them isolated by which position he's speaking to. This is Brad Thorne speaking to his hookers, okay? Yeah. He says, the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. <laughs> That's it. That's but, it. That's all he said. This is what Brad Thorne says to his nine, his grandma. History repeats itself, first as tragedy, second as farce. That's Brad Thorne's actual pregame discussion. <laughs> That's fantastic. And this is what he says to pullback. This is the final one. 
Let come what comes, let go what goes, see what remains. That's <laughs> that's what they say to fullbacks at the Queensland Reds nowadays. It's no wonder they spill the odd highball. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, like I do like Jock Campbell. I do like how he yeah, um, he, he plays above, above his really weight height. When he yeah, came back on. And yeah. I wasn't there was a big debate on Twitter about who's the best form fullback in Australia. And I think there's some there's some people putting their hands up. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, look, Tom I'm still not sold on him as a fullback, but Tom Wright is looking better and better. And we said we said on Saturday night um in our coverage that we're actually seeing a bit of ball playing from him now which we didn't really see yeah. when he was a roving winger but now with 15 on his back he's slotting into second receiver and he's ripping 20 and 25 meter passes and you know and he's still taking a few dumb options here and there but that's what he does that's what he's got in his game but we're seeing new elements to that and I I don't mind seeing that that's he he did kick better than I'd seen him before he uh, did he yeah, it's a good distance on a couple of exits. Yeah, and as you saw and, the Six Nations, I mean, kicking can really turn a match. That's what absolutely. all the, the really good, good teams are doing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, on to the Six Nations. It's the final round, Super Saturday this weekend. Scotland and Italy at Murrayfield on Saturday night, eleven thirty Australian East Coast time. Uh, France, Wales in Paris, Stade de France. Uh, is Sunday morning, 1.45 Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's followed by Ireland, England at the Aviva Sunday morning, where you'll be. I, I, I just can't. I, can, I, can't, I can't believe what you put the travel budget overlord through. I must just go, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Mate, it's St. Patrick's Day, so you got to be yeah, in Dublin. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be a good the, weekend. The yeah. big plan is to run. Is it's, it's still a deviously roarish plan. Is we're trying to catch up. So please, listeners, follow in. Trying to catch up with Mac Hansen, the most Australian Irishman out there. Unbelievable play in round four, and uh, you know we tr- we're going to try and catch him. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, and. And for some reason, our best chance of doing that is to send Harry to Ireland directly. I don't know <laughs> what could possibly go wrong. We'll see. On another, so on another note, is there a word? You know, the Germans have make a lot of really weird words. Like they put words together and they, mm. they have words no one else has. But is there a word for the joy you feel whilst listening to six consecutive English rugby pods uh, post a French flogging? Because I'm really enjoying that. <laughs> and what I've come up with so far is... Schadengenge. Schadengenge. That's it. Schadengenge. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, On to a little bit of news. The the Premiership in the URC, I have to admit, I've sort of lost track of. Is the the Premiership play over the weekend or is it on hold for Six Nations? So they play, but they're shorn of their, most of their, you know, Uh, internationals. So it's it's kind of a... So it's like mid-year NRL games in origin time. Anticlimactic. No one's watching. No, No one cares. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the URC is still going. The 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 African team is going strong still. Yeah. So it looks like there could be three good challengers. Uh, some of the teams are trying to decide how much they're in Europe and how much they're in URC. The Stormers yeah. kind of have the depth to go all in, uh, whereas the Bulls and the Sharks are kind of a do big not. gap between yeah. the first yeah. and second squads. I do think it's it's interesting that all four African teams are above all four Welsh teams, but we know oh, yeah. how that, we know how that it will play out. 
come uh, come European competition next year. Yeah, speaking of gaps and spaces, that's a good yeah. point. I was struck over the weekend. I was trying to find a way to combine Six Nations, Super uh, Rugby, and kind of make some sense of it. I could not believe in the Waratahs midfield how much space there was to run through. I could not believe how the the gap between Italy's kicks like they just don't they just would not kick, mm. and then on the tram lines and on the flank, uh, England's wide defense was completely non-existent. It's yeah, like right. the French could just run up the trams, yeah. and, and they did. I could not believe how much space was on offer this weekend in, in, yeah. a, in a game where we're always trying to find space. Well, this weekend we yeah. saw it. Well, for what it's worth, I'm not sure um, Melbourne Rebels prop. Matt Gibbon could quite believe how much space there was in the Waratah's uh, midfield either. But anyway. What was that? Um, what was that? Oh, that, was, that was the heavens opening for a big bloke. That's what that was. Um, a little bit of news, mate. The the Adi Savia suspension last week, I just thought it's worth just touching on this. He ended up getting the week. He's, he's served that now. He'll be back for the, <clears throat> for the Waratahs in Wellington this week. But what actually happened was the – it was taken to, to the judiciary panel – the judiciary panel ruled that it didn't meet the red card threshold for foul play, so they downgraded it to a warning, which is an off-field yellow. That then meant they had a scenario where he got a yellow card and now a warning, so a second yellow, effectively, from the same game. So the judiciary panel had to reconvene as a foul play review panel, and then they heard the multiple yellows for what were actually the same offence, the same law. Uh, offense had been broken so that's how they came to the one week suspension and it was sort of incorrectly tenuously perhaps said that he was given a week for the gesture that isn't actually quite true he was given a week for multiple infringements in actual fact being against law 9.27 which is unsportsmanlike behavior so anyway the Adi Savia thing i think is now done um this Welsh exodus is getting real, and I think it's getting really concerning as well, mate. So to give you an idea how real, um, suddenly Thomas Francis is in drawing interest from, from top 14 clubs, plus Exeter uh, look like they might have uh, have another shot at him as well. Um, Jared Evans is on the Quinns, uh, Harlequins um, radar. Uh, loose head prop Nicky Smith has got Exeter, Bath and Saracens looking at him. Dill Lewis is getting attention from Gloucester and Exeter. Liam Williams and Josh Adams could both end up playing for Lyon in France. Um, and there's a whole host of, of other Welsh players who could end up playing outside the URC. And that's the state that the Welsh Rugby Union finds themselves in at the moment. On the opposite side of the coin... The Fijian and Drua, um, and it would have been great if Mark could have told us this last week, they signed 10 players last week, led by hookers Tavita Canavera and um, Masalami Dolcorto, who hasn't played yet this year, but he's an absolute quality player. Uh, Pete Samu, the ACT Brumbies, number eight, looks like he's heading to Bordeaux in France after the Rugby World Cup. Jed Holloway is re-signed with New South Wales and uh, Rugby Australia through to the end of 25, I think. That's um, certainly got him covered for the... Uh, the Lions tour. Uh, Scott Barrett has re-signed with the Crusaders and NZR for another couple of years, and he just played his 100th game uh, against the Drua um, in La Toca on the weekend. And just to add another chapter to the uh, farcical situation around the uh, All Blacks job, the coaching job, 
Joe Schmidt now won't be applying for it. Earlier in the week, it was being reported that he probably would. He came out and he said he said himself that he that he now won't be. So, who knows where that's going to end up? But mate, I think that will be us done for episode fifty three of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials, and thanks to everyone who keeps the rankings and the ratings ticking over. It does all help with the listings and the algorithms and all that sort of stuff. So, if your pl- platform allows it, please do leave us a rating or review, and we will read them out. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice and ensure every new episode goes into your notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week.